Yeah. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby. I took a half and she took the whole thing. Slow down. Baby. We took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. Baby. Hello, my name is Kia Monique Jones and welcome to Miss Little Did She Know. On today at our show, I am joined with Dr. Tierney Davis, who would be my awesome co-host today as we talk about mistakes we make in our 20s and 30s and things that we go through daily. Dr. Tierney Davis is a native of Durant, Mississippi with over 23 years of nursing experience. She is a family nurse practitioner and serves as the Director of Clinical and Advanced Practice Operations for the Center of Telehealth at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> Welcome, Tiersony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Happy to be here. Awesome. So I wanted to start this podcast off with icebreaker, okay? So I'm just okay. going to ask you two questions just to break the ice. So. Do you care more about how your life looks or how it feels? How it feels. Okay, you answered that very quickly. So why do you say how it feels? I mean, what's most important is how I feel, you know, every day. I mean, people change and people's perception of me matters to a degree, but I'd rather be my authentic self than to be, I guess I would say, a figment of an imagination, if that makes sense. So that's kind of, you know, why I say it doesn't matter how it looks as much as how it matters what it really is. And what it really is, is going to determine how I feel. Exactly. Everybody wants to feel good. Everyone wants to live a carefree life, being happy, an easy life, to fall in love, and have amazing sex and relationships, to look perfect and to make money and be popular and well-respected and admired from their peers. But how do we get to that point? So I just wanted to go ahead and start the conversation and talk about some of the mistakes we as women and men as well make in our 20s and our 30s. So I wanted to start off with a very important question. What do you think you know now about living a happy and successful life that you didn't know when you were 20? What I didn't know when I was 20 is that that, the answer to that question is different for everybody. One thing that I have learned over time, I will say that I do think I learned it sooner than a lot of people my age. Mm -hmm. But what I learned is that everybody's on a journey and everybody's journey is different. And just like when you're traveling, you know, we're not all traveling at the same exact speed. We may be close, but it's not the exact same speed. We're also not going to the exact same place. So it's comparison. You know, I think that we spend a lot of time, you know, comparing ourselves to people and it's very dangerous. I agree. And I I see that a lot now more so than when I was in my 20s. You know, when I was in my 20s, the internet was not as as big. You know, we used it for school. Everybody did not have access to it. So we did not have visibility into everyone's lives the way that we do now. 
So what was going on behind closed doors in someone's life, we only knew that if they shared that with us. Now, you know, we have access to what we think is someone's life, you know, on a daily basis and what we think is good and what we think is happy. And it's actually, you know, in my opinion, even though I'm on social media and all, I will admit that it's pretty unhealthy, especially if you have not reached that point where you understand that most of what you see is not reality. That's Um, very true. I I really do agree with you. I didn't mean to interrupt because I know for my generation, like social media can really be triggers for people. Absolutely. Certain accomplishments, people are building families and a lot of people, they be happy, but they also be sad. And it's kind of triggering how social media can have this whole facade when people don't really know the true depths of how a person's journey, you know? Absolutely. And we're not going to share our most negative times or our worst times. I mean, who would? You know, we choose to share those things with the people that are closest to us or the people that, you know, lift us up and make us feel better. So we're very, very particular, you know, about who we share those things with. So we're going to tend to do that in our own personal way. We're not going to post that on social media, you know. So, you know, my pastor often says, you know, you're seeing their best self. You're seeing their best life when you look at social media, but you're not seeing the worst things. And comparison is a thief of joy. So I think that the one thing that I didn't know in my early 20s, and that I believe that most people in their early 20s now don't know, is that everybody's journey is different. And that life is a series of highs and lows. And those lows are just as important as the highs. Um, That's so true. I really do agree with you. So in that aspect, Many people derive important lessons from difficult or stressful situations. Mm -hmm. If this applies to you, could you give some examples of how you were in an experience that actually made you a better person and a better adult or experience within your 20s and 30s that a lot of people fail to realize some of the mistakes that we make in those age groups are common mistakes. And sometimes we may feel like we are alone or we feel slighted in some type of way or even embarrassed. So is there any stressful or experience that you may have been embarrassed within that age group that made you into a better woman today? Absolutely. I could give you several, but to not share, you know, too much information, but I guess I I definitely know that this will apply, you know, to many, especially women, I think. Is I've always been fairly serious. <laughs> and so I was one of those that even when I was in high school, I knew what I wanted to do. And I consider myself to be a lot of fun, but at the same time, I was focused. So I knew that I was going to go to school to be a nurse. I knew where I was going to go to school. I had things kind of planned out, even my personal life. I felt that I had it planned out. And I trusted that the people around me were honest, you know, about intentions. And it did cause me a lot of difficulty. I honestly, I can't blame all the people around me. And I don't really blame anyone. I just think it's more so just a part of life. So if I had to, you know, how they have these things on Facebook where they ask you, you know, what would you tell your 20 year old self? Right. I often say it's not that serious. 
<laughs> That's what I would tell myself. Is it's really not that serious. I would tell myself to lighten up, you know, enjoy the ride, take it as it comes, you know, work with what you know, and just let it go. I agree because like I just recently just turned 30 and I know that I have those issues now. Like I have anxiety, like especially <laughs> when you don't know the unknown. Like it, it really bothers me because I'm so focused, so goal oriented. And I always want to be on top of stuff, but it's like, it's not my say so how things happen or things may not happen the way that I want them to happen, you know? And well, it's they're just, not going to. Yeah, I know. But it's kind of hard when you're a type A type person, you know? And it's like, you have to make those necessary adjustments and just relax and just enjoy your ride and your life's journey and just relax and just take a step back. And just do what's best for you, you know? Yeah, I I absolutely do know. And, you know, I think that, well, let me say I believe, because I wholeheartedly believe this. I believe that once we can identify with where our drive really comes from, that it helps us to be able to accept the things that we can't control. And I'll say that, I'll, I'll use myself as an example, is I have truly accepted that God God knows the plan for my life. And I had to reach a point where I knew that I could not trust myself, you know, because there are so many factors. I can make a plan, but there are so many factors that determine whether or not that plan is going to happen the way that I want it to happen. And when you realize that you cannot control all of those factors, you have to do something differently. You know, it's kind of like herding cats. Right. You know, it's virtually impossible. You cannot control everything. And so you have to make a choice. Do I want to continue, you know, to torment myself this way? Or yeah. what do I want to do differently? Now, easier said than done, I know. So you have to enlist help. And, you know, sometimes that help Initially, may be the people around you, people you trust. For some, it's their family. For some, it's friends. You know, for some, it's mentors. You know, whatever that that can just tell you it's gonna be okay. You know how everybody has that person that can just say it's gonna be okay, and you don't know why you believe them, but you do. You do. <laughs> yeah. You know, you need people like that. You know, in your life. And another thing is, I don't believe that anything just happens. Uh, nothing just happens. Everything is for a reason. And it's not just the big monumental things, you know, that you can't ignore, even the small. Even the bad? Do you think even the bad too? Bad? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So about the overcoming that struggle or that hardship? Or do you think it's just it's, from like learning experience altogether? Altogether. It's to mold you, it's to make you. There is something about that experience oh, wow. okay. that is supposed to make you better. Again, to me, that is about perspective. So, you know, if you listen to what I'm saying, the common theme is it's personal. So that's why I answered the way that I did, you know, in the beginning when you asked what was more important to me, the way my life looked or how I felt, because it's really about you, ultimately. It's not about all the other people. It's not about what's going on around you. It's not about what you're doing. It's about you personally. So you do have to ask those questions. 
you know, I heard what you said about the type of a personality, but you have to ask yourself, is that working for me? Yeah, this is who I am, but is, is that working? You hear a lot of people say things like, that's just the way that I am. It is, but you're also choosing to stay that way. That's true too. Or you have that energy to actually work on yourself to be a better version of you as well, you know? Correct. I think that the world teaches us to focus on everybody else, but it does not show us what we need to be doing for ourselves. I mean, or to better ourselves. Like it's a it's a misconception that I'm okay and everybody else is wrong. That's That's not true. That's Um, (laughs) so You know, none of us, none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect, and none of us have all the answers. But we can all stand to be better, and I do believe that is God's desire for us: is to live our best life. But the best life is different for everybody. That's really true. So that actually leads to my next question. How can someone find their why? I'm asking you this question because a lot of people in my generation are very, very trendy. Like they go with the motion. Like if somebody wants to do a boutique, if somebody wants to do this or do that, whatever is the next trend a lot of people want to do. And it's not 100% something that they really want to do. They're just interested in doing it because it's trendy. So how can someone actually find their why like why do they what why their why their purpose and what is their goal in life for themselves yeah again I think it's being their authentic self I mean and that's hard it's hard when everything around you tells you that being yourself is not enough or it's not right and comparing each other probably irritate even some of my friends now (laughs) because even things as simple as appearance. When I'm watching things on television even, and I say, why do all those women want to look alike? I swear. Like literally, their bodies look exactly alike. It would have you depressed on social media. Well, it's I don't want to look like that. That's true too. But everybody wants the Coke bottle shape. Everybody wants the hips, the butt. Nothing wrong with that. But I think they've got to learn who they are. I do believe that it starts very young. When I was, we talk about bullying and things like that, and this is not to downplay any of that because it's very real, bullying and all. But my husband and I were talking one day about being bullied when we were kids. We both were. And he said, well, how did you deal with it when you were a kid? I said, I honestly didn't care. And and he said, (laughs) didn't? And I was like, no, I didn't care. I mean, like, who were they? They don't mean right. to me. And, you know, he's like, where do you think that your, you know, your attitude or your perspective about that came from? And I really believe that it came from having security at home, you know, having security right. in my family. And family is different for everybody. So by no means am I saying that, you know, if a person didn't grow up with, you know, both parents, that they don't have security. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. What Mm -hmm. I'm saying is security can be from any place. You know, it can be from I don't have to have the acceptance of friends because I have my sibling. You know, that's my Mm -hmm. friend. Or I have my cousins. Or I know my grandmother loves me, so I don't have to seek, you know, this unhealthy love from someone else. So I think when you grow up like that 
and you're constantly being told that you're okay. And when you're allowed to blossom in your own way, that you tend not to be a follower and that you just kind of look and say, well, that's cool for them, but that's not necessarily for me. And when you get to know yourself, you start to learn like what makes you tick. And that's what I think people don't know. It's that the vying for public attention Mm -hmm. rather than the vying for personal satisfaction. That is deep right there. I'll give you another example. You have people that are entrepreneurs, which is wonderful. I mean, I really admire that. I'm an entrepreneur in my own right. You know, my husband is as well. But Mm -hmm. people do things on different levels. And again, no two people's journey is the same. So what's working for you may not work for somebody else. And it's not fair to impose that on someone else. So when I see these things, these posts, and I hear people talking about, you know, y'all want to go clock in and, you know, be on the clock and, you know. A trending topic, people who want to work nine to five versus right. You want to work a nine to five and and you can work for yourself. But, you know, what a lot of people don't tell you is, they're struggling and that's not to talk about them. They may be okay with that, but I may not be. And that's my choice. Right. Being broken, cute, Tiersy. Well, it's not, but you know, if it works for them, but you know, just saying. Being broken, cute. I would be working my eight, nine to five, eight to four job until I get to where I need to get to. But I'm not, you know, and, and different people have different needs. I need benefits. (laughs) So I know what I have to do, you know, no, for now. But my friends and I, we we laugh about this sometimes because I'm the person in the room that's saying, why don't y'all just let them folks live? I mean, and I mean (laughs) that with everything, you know, when back to appearance, when I see a big, beautiful woman, that's what I see. And when I see, you know, society, social media or whatever, talk about that. I'm like, why, why can't she just be a beautiful woman? Let leave that woman alone. And I think it's that external pressure that pushes people into places they were never designed to be in in the first place. And they are not allowed to organically grow, you know, and organically evolve as they should. And when they don't know what to do or when it's not happening as fast as they want it to happen, they start imitating people. They start comparing and they start imitating yes. because they don't know who they are. Yeah. And it's so hard and it's so easy to spot someone that you can tell that they're doing something that th- that you know that's not them, you know? Right. So my next question I wanted to lead in and ask you, you know, in your 20s and 30s, you're a lot, you're in different types of friendships with your friends, you're maybe in situationships, relationships. So if you never witness a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. you honestly does not know, you do not know what it looked like. Right. So I wanted to ask you, in your eyes, what does a healthy relationship look like? And what was the best relationship advice someone has ever given to you? Okay. So a healthy relationship to me now, mind you, I don't believe anybody should be in a relationship with anybody unless they are emotionally stable themselves and they should be okay with themselves as is enough to where if, if that partner says, 
I don't like X, Y, Z about you that they can identify, okay, that must not be the person for me because, you know, love is unconditional. That There's a difference, you know, in a person being concerned about you and mm-hmm. a person making demands or trying to make you out to be something, you know, that you're not. So I believe a healthy relationship builds you up. It supports you. You feel like you're getting as much out of it as you're giving. And I'm not talking about material things at all. I'm talking about that that support, that companionship, that above all else, you know that they mean or want the best for you mm-hmm. and they can accept the same from you. You can accept correction from them knowing that it's coming from a place of love and vice versa. I'm trying to think of the best piece of relationship advice that I I have been given. And I can't really think of one best piece of, of relationship advice. My mother, she has always dropped nuggets, you know, here. Of your mother. How many years have your mother and your father been married? 51. Okay. So your mama got some knowledge, baby, some wisdom. 51. 51. Put that out there. She does have some knowledge. 51. And she was interesting to me, though, is, you know, our lives were very different in, in that when she met my dad, she was still living at home with her mother. And they met in, how did she tell me? They met in September, were engaged in December, and married in March. What? Yes. Now, you know, that's not coming in no 2021. No, it's not coming in 2021. (laughs) But I did ask her this. I mean, this was years ago. It's probably been about 20 years now that I did ask her this question. I asked her. Why does she believe that the people that got married around the same time she and my dad did? And mind you now, not in any way saying that mar- their marriage it was perfect or nothing. And she, they'll tell you that, you know, they're very honest about that. But just saying like she and several of my friends, you know, from back home, all of our parents, you know, were married for that long. And I asked her, why does she think that was? Because, you know, people around me who were getting married at that time were not staying married long at all. And I asked her, I said, Mom, why do you, you know, why do you think that you all were able to remain married and they are not and they have more? She said, that's the problem. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, when they got married, all they had was each other. Okay. She said, so all of those distractions were not there. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, when, when they got married, they didn't have money. You know, my parents were teachers you know, at the time that they got together. So, but she was saying they didn't have money, you know, and most people, most African-American people at that time didn't, you were considered really doing something, you know, if you were a teacher even at that time. So she said everything that they achieved and everything that they did have, they did it together. Mm-hmm. So there was no, this is mine, that's yours. It was togetherness. It was togetherness. And there was no, you're not pulling your weight. Because even if the man worked outside the home and the woman worked inside the home, it was looked upon as we're still helping each other. You know, she's doing this and I'm doing this, but it's all coming together. You know, for our family. Yes. Okay. It's all coming together. It makes sense. Because now, you know, People have really, really high expectations for other people. And it's so different now, too. Oh, my gosh. But it doesn't have to be. 
And that goes back to the authentic self. What works for one person and their household doesn't have to work in somebody else's household. Okay. But a lot of it is people yielding to the pressures of what society or the outside world or a friend or whatever says ought to be. For example, you know, I know you're about to go to med school and I'm speaking that. I'm speaking that thing. Amen. Amen. But I know you're about to go to med school and there will be people that will assume you're supposed to be with another doctor. Oh, no. I'm just saying there are. It may happen, but just saying there will be people that will assume that. Well, some people will give into that because that is what that's the expectation that has been laid before. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? what you're saying because even like for me for dating like I like someone that's the complete opposite of what I do you know right like right. I wouldn't want someone different like that. Me. right yeah can have some interest but I don't want someone that's just like me that has the same day-to-day operation just like me you know well, just, and even if they do and here's the thing even if they do what really matters is when all of that is gone is if you lose all of that, or if they, if you, if both of you, if can't do all of that, you know what I'm saying anymore. What's right. left? What's left? You don't want someone to want you for what you for what you have, or for your occupation, or you know things like that, because all that can be taken away overnight. So then, what will you have? So if we don't want someone to handle us in that way, we should not handle people in that way. I can remember my mother actually telling me this. Mm-hmm. Even if he's a garbage man, she actually said this. And he goes to work every day. That's a good man. I heard that. But it's true. And, you know, the, the point of it is, is he's working. He's working towards something. He's serious And he's providing. That's right. He's doing what what is within his means because you know you do have people and women are like this too that have a standard and don't realize that they're standing still because they feel like they have a standard. You know, it's like I'm not gonna work a job like this, and I'm like, okay, so you're not gonna work at all because <laughs> you can't have the job right. and, that and you broke that you think you should have. Like, um, come on. And a lot of women, you know, sad to say, and I definitely see it with a lot of young women now, are passing up the really good men because they're looking at what society says they should have. They're being, I say, hoodwinked by the real housewives and, you know, the basketball wives and all of these shows that. These are those common mistakes, and you don't catch it until, like, dang, like, as you get older, be like, dang, he really was a good man. Uh-huh. I just gave him the time of day. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. these, are, these are really, like, key mistakes that we make because mm-hmm. we don't believe these to, like, the things that we really should value in a significant other, you know? Yep, yep. And even, like, looks and stuff or how a person dresses, like, not that you should go into a relationship trying to change people, but Maybe they don't believe in themselves. Maybe there's something about them that they just have not discovered yet. And I think that's something too that, but this goes back to the journey. Not only, you know, are we moving through life as it is a journey 
you know, we're constantly evolving the way you, I mean, you're 30 now, the way you're thinking now in 45, you won't even be thinking the same way about that. I know. And that's what's so scary. And I'm telling you, when coronavirus hit from 2020, it really broke me down. Like I had so much to plan and I did this. I did this the right way, this the right way. Baby, when coronavirus came, it shut all that down. I had to readjust and like push forward. And it really taught me to like not overthink things and to really take my time. Like, I know I have a vision, I know I have a goal, I know things I want to do, but things happen and it's okay. And it's, it's the way you go about like coping with how things happen and just pushing forward. Because when coronavirus hit, it's like everything that I had like strategically planned went right. from a go to like, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't have more than 10 people in a room. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. So it really just taught me not to like plan. Right. And that we're not in control. You can plan. Yes. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with planning. It's just understanding that plans do change. Yes. And making that a necessary adjustment because I know for a fact 2020 humbled me in a way that is undescribable. Like I am so like chill and more relaxed, a go with the flow type person now. And it has actually made me into a better woman because I'm able to like take a step back, reflect and accept things for what they are. You know, I hope that I hope that it sticks with us. That's actually what's been on my mind lately is you know, as eager as I am for the pandemic to be over, because I, I want people to, you know, to stop dying, you know, and the, to not be sick and, you know, for people to be able to be with their loved ones safely. I hope that we don't forget the things that we have learned during this season. You know how it is. Like, it's kind of like a kid getting a spanking. They get the spanking, they regret what they did. And then as soon as they, the pain goes away. <laughs> They forget and go back to doing the same thing again. I hope that we don't go back to our old ways and our old way of thinking. You know, I already have plans to, you know, spend more quiet time by myself, you know, as I have been doing, you know, during the mm -hmm. pandemic, but also spending time with people that I, I would say have taken, had taken for granted. Be, I feel you know, that I really, really wish I could see, you know, more of. I took for granted even just being able to ride to my parents' house and lay in my mama's bed. And so this past year, not being able to do that when I wanted to and how I wanted to, you know, really affected me and them as well, because we do know that our loved ones, they miss us too. Yeah. Um, so, and whoever those loved ones may be. It's tough. Yeah. And, Right. And, you know, thankfully, they're still here. So when this pandemic is over, I hope that all of these things that we're talking about that we miss and all these people that we miss and all these things that we have not been able to do, you know, due to the pandemic, that we remember how it felt not to be able to do it, not to be able to be around these people and cherish it more, cherish the people more. But Okay, so Kia, that made me think about something. Okay. When you asked about you asked about relationship advice, but I just want to speak to just advice, period, about your during your younger days or whatever. Yeah. 
is wishing your life away. Because that's kind of, you know, what we do. There are some things. Could you expound on that from what you're saying? Yes, because, you know, I talk to my husband about this sometimes because he's a dreamer. Boy, is he a dreamer. And he says, I won't dream with him, but I do. But I just believe in also enjoying the now. Enjoying the now while you plan and dream for your future. And so even Yukia, you know, at age 30, there will come a time when 30 will seem like it was so far away. It was so long ago. And you won't get 30 back. And there are things that you desire to have, but there's also purpose in right now. And you're going to have those, those things that you desire to have, but you will also long for today. You will long for these days. Someone once told me that everybody married wants to be single. Everybody single wants to be married. And there is truth in that because it's not, and it has nothing to do for the married people. It has nothing to do with their spouses, you know, and nothing to do with whether or not they love their spouses. But I think that they realize that there are things that they could have done during that time that they didn't do. I know, like for me, I feel like you're speaking to me because that's definitely me. Like, I experienced things like great monumental like things in my life. And it's like, okay, I'm on to the next. I'm on to the next. And I'm on to the next. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I never like embraced that moment in the now. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny that you really mentioned that because that is so, so true. Because you get to forget about the, I should have did this. I could have did this. I wish I would have did this. Because time really does pass you by Mm -hmm. if you do not be in the now. Yeah. You wake up, it'll be like a total blur to you. Right. And you, I'm like, it's like, I remember when I went to college and my dad told me, this is the best time of your life. And I kind of laughed at him, but I totally get it now. Because you think about it, you had the safety of your family. You know, somebody was looking out for you. You weren't paying bills. You know what I'm saying? Right. You had the opportunity to explore, to figure out who you were. You're working on your goals, you know, at the end of it, if all goes well, you know, you'll have a degree, be able to go get a job and take care of yourself. And then the day you get that first job out of college, (laughs) this is what he actually said to me. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Right. it's, It's the absolute truth. So you even think with that, there are things that we will never be able to go back and do that we could have done during those college years, but we were so eager to get out. Same thing with when I was a teenager and someone going my way or whatever, I can't wait to get grown and get out the house. Now I could go back and live with them in a heartbeat just to not have the worries and the concerns that I have now, you know, as an adult. That is so true. Cause they don't tell you about these bills until they start coming in, Lord Jesus. They tell you. You just don't listen. They tell you, but we don't know why it's, it's constant every month, faithfully. Right. right. We think they're just talking. Yeah, we really do. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I had fun my college years. I do not regret it. Nothing. But if I could go back and and just chill and not pay no bills, mortgage, rent, whatever, all I have to do is just go to school, go home, do my work, make good grades. Right. Oh, I swear. Right. So, you know, if I just had to sum it all up, I would say, you know, definitely we should all set goals. I mean, I'm 46 and, you know, still setting goals for myself. 
but I pencil them in. You know, okay. you, sh- you should pencil in your plans because they will change um, and they should change. They should change because we have to remember, you know, we don't have the answers to everything and that, you know, we are human. So God's plans for us may not be the same as our plans for ourselves. So we have to tap into, you know, this is my belief. And, you know, I just feel always led to share, you know, what I believe. And yeah, we need this wisdom. You know, just saying everybody may not agree, but just sharing my story is that I have to believe that his plans for me are greater than anything I could plan for myself. So I can pencil in my plans. And then if he scratches through that and says, nope, that's not it. I have to trust that whatever he has is better than that. And that's a big reassurance, you know, for me, not having to trust myself with everything. So, you know, like I said, that's the the biggest piece of advice, you know, that I could give. Is, that's really deep. Seriously. And it's so funny because this leads into some of the mistakes that the business insider briefly just talked Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to see if you do agree with some of these common mistakes. Okay. They wait for things to happen. Nobody is going to walk up to you and hand you the meaning of your life and for your fulfilling of your career. Is that, do you agree? That's absolutely correct. I believe you have to look for it. You have to seek it. Things are not going to come to you. You have to seek it, but I will say too, you definitely have to be trying to, you know, to get to know yourself so you can recognize what's yours and what's somebody else's. That's Um, true. You know, so same thing, you know, with business ventures and all of that. Yeah. Such and such might've started, you know, you mentioned the boutique, such and such might've started the boutique. They might have the gift. You might just be interested. Oh, let's not forget music. That's a difference. There's a difference. Okay. You know? What about people who think that their education and talent, talented enough to become successful? You know, you have a lot of people who are highly intelligent. They have natural talent and degrees from all elite universities. Those are all good things to have, but they do not guarantee you to land your job. Favor trumps all that. Babe, let me tell you something. I swear, after college, it took me a whole full year probably like a year in like three months to even get a job close to what I got my degree in. But they don't tell you that. No, they don't tell you. Because you get your degree, you get yourself situated, you do what you're supposed to do. Okay. It's all about what you can do and who you know. And who you know. And then sometimes it's favor because there are people out there, you know, without the educational preparation that you have that probably didn't have that experience, you know, might have walked into a position. But that was their journey. That's what was meant for them. You know, I remember, and this is not related to business, but I do remember during my single days and I was talking to my friend, one of our best friends who she got married uh, within a year or two after we graduated from college. And when I was talking to her, I was whining. <laughs> I was whining. <laughs> one day. And she said, but Tierson, she said, did you ever think about the fact that maybe I needed to be married. Hmm. And she really made me think about that differently. She said, I don't think I was built to do what you do. Oh, wow. And that really made me, yeah. I mean, that was really a different perspective because, you know, I I saw her point. 
I saw her point. There are people that need to be attached to somebody or that need to have somebody to look out for them and to to do that for them. And and neither, you know, I don't consider her weaker or me stronger. It's just we're different. Our journey was different. And even now, you know, our marriages are very different. So it just goes back to our journeys are different. And remember I told you that nothing just happened. Mm-hmm. So even you having to wait on that job and maybe someone else with less experience not having to, there's a reason. Yeah, that's true. Because in that year, I did grow like mature as a as an adult. So I can't say that I didn't. It wasn't in vain. What about speaking of which, what about like when we're in that transition, our 20s and 30s, they don't teach us or we don't know or have the tools or the capacity to actually teach ourselves how to save our money. Or will we listen? I think that's some of it too, is, you know, even some people that have people around them that try to tell them that, do they even listen to that? You know, because during that that time, you kind of think you know everything. Because <laughs> yeah. I could look back and I'd be like, man, I could have really saved some serious money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For my, for you know, like all them refund checks and like jobs and stuff. Like I really could have saved and stacked up my money, but I wasn't even I thinking about it. This just the other day, my husband and I were coming. We were on the on the interstate, and we got to talk about different cultures and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I said, just think about how much money we could save or our families could save if we lived more communally. But okay. and what do you I, mean? What do you mean from that aspect? I mean, okay, so you're 30, right? You know, right. you're not married, no children, have no. a real job, career on the right track, and everything. Mm-hmm. A lot in in our culture, and you know, and in society, people tend to think if you are in that place that you should have your own place and you should have a certain car or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, but just saying people who may choose to have a roommate or stay at home right like, you see what i'm saying or no. live more frugally are frowned upon you know or talked about but what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that we could actually build wealth to be able to pass on to the generations to come behind us mm-hmm. if we did not put pressure on people to live a certain way you know the the family at the nail shop where I used to go before COVID, it's like eight of them, three generations, and they all live in the same house. Oh, and wow. Yeah, they do. Now, they, the daughter and her husband did have their own house, but they moved back in with the parents. And she said it was for the sole purpose of them being able to stack money. And I said, you know, it actually makes sense. So you just think about how, if you look at one family and you think about out of those in just say four or five different households on average. And you just think about the bills that are having to be paid to maintain all of those households. And you just think about what could be saved if they bought a larger home and all of those couples, families or whatever, you know, contributed to the maintenance and paying for that home and everything, how much wealth they would be able to build. But that's mm-hmm. not taught and it's not readily accepted because we got to have our own. Yes. And do you feel like there's a lot of pressure on the African-American community specifically? Yes. I feel like other races, they do it. And yeah, it's I feel like it's pressure on our on our community to prove something. Oh, I got this. Yep. 
or I like take or, or to prove that we're doing well. Yeah, doing it for the wrong reasons. Not, that, not, not that anything is wrong with that. I, that was just an example, you know, that I was using. Yeah, I was just well, randomly. We also got to think about like. I, I'm not for, I, I don't want to say like my generation. Well, I can't say my generation, 20s and 30s. A lot of people do things to flex on other people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, I got this. Look at me. Hey, just let you know, I got this over here. So it's very kind of like a flashy type generation. Like, nothing's done for the right reason. But for the you right know, but it goes back to what I said. You know, y'all are the social media generation. Y'all yeah. Are- even remember what it was like not to have it. True. And the business insider actually said the next the next mistake was we let others define them. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is so, so true. They also said that, that we are impatient. You don't need to be a married homeowner with a 10-year career plan by the time you're 30. Absolutely. Be patient and stay focused on the present. And that's everything that we previously discussed. Because yep. I know in my 20s, I learned the concept of delayed gratification. Yeah. And that you need to really pay attention to important decision points in my life now. It, this is everything that we previously discussed. Like, I really do feel that way. Absolutely. You know, I told, I shared with you, I was 36 when I got married. And honestly, if I had to do over, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. The, what I'm saying is I would not change that. I really believe if I had gotten married in my twenties that I wouldn't be married to that person and, and not have nothing to do with that person. It has more to do with who I am. Yes, and I agree. You know, I, if I got not, married in my earlier twenties, I would not be married now because I'm a whole different person. Yeah. Like, oh, how I, I learned. And I definitely believe that if you are in tune with yourself, you as time goes on, you should learn to see yourself for who you really are. And I mean, that's good and bad. And if you really do see yourself for who you really are, then it should prompt you to have more grace for other people (laughs) because you realize how much grace people are having to have toward you. Yeah. You know, so if you think about that in relationship sense, at 25, we weren't having grace for anybody. It was if you're not what I expect you to be, it's not right. As time goes on and you learn yourself, you learn how difficult you are and that you're not right and that you have things you need to work on. You can recognize that in other people and have more grace toward them. You know what I mean? It's just more likely that you're going to be able to have healthy, more realistic relationships. Yes. It's so funny how you're actually speaking these mistakes, common mistakes, because the next one is they create bubbles around themselves. It's very important to build relationships with your colleagues and others within your industry. But if you stay within the confines of a particular world, you can start to get a certain type of perspective. Make an effort to branch out. Mm -hmm. The people you surround yourself with will have a direct impact on your success and failure. I say this because they will affect everything from how much you exercise and and what clothing you wear to how much you earn and what values you deem are important. So if you want to live a life full of joy and accomplishments, I say that you need to become masterful at building relationships with good people that you respect and letting go of relationships that have a negative impact. 
Absolutely. And I will even say, make those relationships diverse. Oh, yeah. And that's diverse in age. That's diverse. I don't even like to use this term, but I'm going to use it, you know, status. I don't care what my friends do for a living as long as it's legal. And I think that that matters because it keeps you grounded and it keeps you with an understanding of various perspectives. It just brings, I guess, keeps you in the real world and Mm -hmm. get too far from who you really are. And I do think that is a mistake that I'm going to say financially successful people make sometimes is only being with other people. And I see these posts and I see these memes about all this stuff. And I do believe that if you aspire to be a millionaire, you need to spend time with millionaires. I do believe that. I agree. I agree. But I don't believe those need to be the only people you spend time with. No, I agree with that too. You need to be around all types of people. I think that's why I vibe so well with you because I can learn so much from you. Like you have so much wisdom and like our conversations just get better and better, you know, day by day. It's just something like you'll give me a little nugget. I'm like, dang, she did say that. Or something that you tell me that's going to happen. And I'd be so like in, in shock that it really happened. Well, like you need to be putting me on game. So well, I just knew I for my- this podcast and for this topic, I was like, I'm going to have a daily conversation with somebody I've always talked to. Right. And, and a lot of it is I see myself. And that's why when we are talking about some things and I say, Kia, this is going to happen. And this is what you need to be doing right now. It's because not that people didn't tell me. I just wish I had listened. Mm. And I feel yeah, like, I really am. You know, but I'm just saying, I, mean, I just feel like from the day we met <laughs> at Jackson Medical Mall that day. Yep. You was a student. I was in leadership grade of Jackson. So remember, you know, remember what I said about nothing just happens. I know. So, you know, you just even think about how that happened. And out of all those people, and you remember my name and, you know, and, and walked up and talked to me. And then, you know, it's been on ever since. Oh, yeah. That just happened. Right. Um, and then, you know, so over time, just realizing, okay, there is purpose here. And what is that purpose? Not that I put a whole lot of thought into that. That's just who I am, you know, just to, re- to realize that there has to be purpose. So I take that seriously. Now, not to say everything about our relationship is serious, because, you know, we laugh and play, you know, and all of that, too. But when it's serious, it's serious. And I feel like as you are, you know, evolving and going through, I say this is a very pivotal time, you know, in your life. I don't know. I'm going left. I'm going right. It's, it's, it's very confusing. No, you do not tell you this. And I swear, because I, I'm at 30. I'm at an age where it's like, okay, I can go left. I can go right. What type of decision I need to make for this and that. They don't prepare you for the adult decision. Mm-hmm. Like you can get all the advice that you, you know, ask for, but it's up to you to make the ultimate decision what's best for you, you know? Right. And you don't it's have like, you don't want to second guess your choice. And it's like Yeah, you, know, you don't have anything to stop you either. So you like you don't have like, you know, I mean like I'm married now, so I have to say, Well, my husband, this will affect him. Like you don't have that. So no, like, you don't no. have anything it's, like, it's just so tedious and you don't want to make the wrong mistake. And it's like you try to be very conscious about the things that you do and how you do it and how you say it. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm really an adult. I'm making adult decisions. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, 
it be really it's it's really real. And it's just interesting journey and just being confident as the decision that you do make because you have confidence within yourself and the decision that you make, you know? I will share this now. I did get this advice, <laughs> you know, coming up is whatever you do, just own it. Whatever that decision is, you know, you have to think a thing, one, think a thing all the way through. So, you know, before you make the decision, it's, if I make this decision, then this is what most likely will happen. If I make this decision, this is what most likely will happen. And once you make that decision, no matter what happens, own that decision. You know, you you can't waste time saying, man, I should have done this, you know, and beating yourself up about that because all that does, you know, is foster indecisiveness for the future because right. you'll always be afraid. That you're but gonna also make- look at it like this, though, Teresa. A lot of people say that girls, women think like that, but men don't. Women think about the consequences, but men don't. They just do it because they're in the moment, the actual now. So how do you feel about that? I think it's true. So what are we talking about? Like it's not it's so such a double standard though, you know? Yeah, I think it's true. But my like I said, is you can't live in regret. I mean, it will stifle you. So yeah. you know, that's why I said you have to just think it all the way through. And it's really more so for awareness. So you can just say, Well, I knew this was a possibility. I've made this choice. This was my choice. Let mama roll with it. Mm-hmm. And be and just be honest. I think that a lot of people, especially in this age group of twenties and thirties, they don't want to be honest with themselves. And again, this is another question and insight. They said that they think that they're the only one of their friends that are actually struggling. Yeah. Now that one is really, really interesting because like as you're finding your way into the world or whatever and determining who you are as an adult, building a career. It can seem as if your friends and colleagues are more successful. Nobody has to let everybody off the hook. And I remember in my group, I was that person because I think that there was an expectation or perception that things were always easy or that things were, you know, always going well for me. And I realized early, I need to let these people off the hook. So when we would have different conversations, I'd be like, yeah, girl, because I don't know what I'm going to do. And they would be like, what? You know, and then when I would share, then I found that they felt more comfortable sharing where they really were. And you know exactly what you just said. That's exactly me. I do that all the time because I promise you, anybody listen to this podcast, Kia is not perfect patty. I am not perfect patty. You don't have to flex for me, honey. Baby, you got to flex for me because I'm telling you, I think that I go through some stuff too now. It it may be the facade of it all, but honey. No, 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 no. Right. And the last thing they mentioned was people in their 20s and their 30s look for their soulmate. Some people decide to spend most of their 20s single, unattracted to anyone. Others search for the right person to marry. The latter group can get so caught up in the fantasy of finding someone where everything just clicks and the relationship is effortless. But in real life, the most meaningful long-term relationships require work and dedication. You won't stumble into a perfect relationship. You'll have to work on one. Do you agree with that one as well? You will always have to work on it. Always. Always. I've firmly believe that because remember what I said we don't get you don't get married and stop growing 
you you don't stop learning things about yourself. Nobody, you know, life is a journey. Yeah. You know, your individual life is a journey. Kia is not the same person at 30 that she's going to be at 45. So right. she's not the same person as a single woman that she's going to be as, at a mar- as a married woman. You're not going to be the same woman 20 years into your marriage that you were on your wedding day. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you're constantly evolving. And so with that, you have to adapt. And that's where the work comes in. You know, mm-hmm. what you want today may not be what you want 15 years from now. That's uh, true. So some people can be in their 20s and probably in 30s too, be so fixated or wanting that relationship, wanting to be married, that their whole psych is all about that because they have to be married by 30. They have to have at least one. Like, well, I don't so much. Right. I don't and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with, with wanting that. I believe marriage is honorable. So oh, yeah. I think that if, if you know that you want certain things, it's okay, you know, to desire that, but you've got to want all that comes with that. Like, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be like a honeymoon all the time. It requires work. Mm-hmm. Um, and people don't talk about that either, tears. Like people don't talk about that. Like marriage, I like I I'm not married, but I've heard from so when, you, when you get married, when you get married, when you get married and you want some real truth, come to me. I'm gonna tell you the truth. Always. Always. And I'm gonna tell you this, it's always gonna be honorable. It's always gonna be unless it's unless it's unless you're in danger, you know, it's always gonna be something that's honest, but that is respectful. And yeah. I've had a friend before I told her I'll never tell you, you know, to leave your spouse unless he's hurting you, you know, because it's work and nobody needs to paint that picture that is perfect. Because but even when people do say that, I don't think they're lying. They're just telling you, yeah, this is perfect for me. And it is perfect for them because they're doing the work. You get what I'm saying? It's not that yeah. they're not that they're denying that there is work. They uh, say it's like a job, and I be telling myself, I was like, you know what? I'm glad things didn't happen the way I really wanted it to happen for me, because baby, <laughs> I can't add on an extra layer in trying to accommodate that. That's a lot of pressure already on me. You know what I'm saying? But you think about it though. If it's right, then it's not just you trying to accommodate. It's also them trying to accommodate. So. It's compromise. So if if you're trying and that's stressful and that's pressure on you, then they will be, they will see that. You know what I'm saying? And they will recognize that and will be trying to meet you halfway too. So it's, it's working together. Right. It should be. Well, I just know for me personally, I just needed to grow up a little bit more. You know, to take a step back and like really figure out what Kia wants. You know, mm-hmm. mainly who Kia is, right? Yeah, I think I, I think personally for me, I know like who I am mm-hmm. and what parameters and things that I, I have interest in. But it's like, like you said, was well, like putting in that work because I can be very shut off, and if you do something to me, I can be very, very dismissive. And that's something that I really had to work on. I really had to work on. And I can say within the past like two years or so, that's something that has changed drastically about me. But you can't be like that within a relationship or within a marriage or anything like that because ain't nobody going to deal with it. You know? 
So the, like I'm saying, these are just common mistakes that we make in our 20s and 30s. So Teresa, I just wanted to end this um, episode with a takeaway, okay? All possibilities open up when we stop deceiving ourselves. Currently right now, what is something that you're pretending to not know? Say that one more time. What is something that you're currently pretending to not know? Oh, that's a hard question. And I'm not saying this to avoid the question either is, I I promise I'm not. But I am a very self-aware person. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's honest though. I liked it. But I mean, I am. So that's kind of a difficult question, you know, for me. I don't know how to answer that. Well, I can say I can appreciate your honesty. Um, something that I'm pretending to not know and probably not address would possibly be like, I don't know if I want to be in Mississippi anymore. Like, yeah, I'm more so in the phase of the, the transition. I feel like I've been here in Mississippi for 30 years. I'm in the in the phase of um, is it really time for me to leave? Like, what's okay. my next move? Yeah, I know what my next move is. You know, because I actually already plan to move. It's like, am I really going to do it or not? And it's still pending, you know? Yeah. Because of other situations now. That's fair. Like, I know I need to move. I know I need to branch out. I know I need to meet new people. I I, I know this. Says who? I just feel that way. I feel like I've kind of a a little bit outgrown Mississippi just a little bit. And I just want to. That's another one of those things that that people impose on people. And and let me tell you why I say that. Okay. I never permanently moved away from Mississippi, but I have lived other places. Okay. Well, Um, well, about living other places. Yes. So what I'm saying though, you never know how your journey is going to facilitate all those things you mentioned. If you just let it happen, that's not to say don't move at all. But, you know, just saying I've had the best of both worlds. Um, yeah, that, that, I think that's all I want. Just a little bit of perspective. But it's kind of like other situations is causing me to stay now. So it's yeah. kind of like I make, I'm trying to make the best of it and trying to like really work with being here in Mississippi, basically. Right. So I think that's something that I'm pretending to not know. Like I need to venture out. My dad told me, he was like, Kia. Babe, when are you moving? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? He read it for me to go. And I'm like, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying to figure out if I'm going to buy a house. I'm just still trying to figure it out. Give me to like next well, year. If you're here. still trying to, I was going to say, if you're still trying to figure that out, you know, just don't do anything that would nail you down to anything and make you make that more difficult for you. You know what I'm saying? Don't. Definitely. Yeah, don't do that. Complicate those decisions for you. Well, Tears and I really want to say thank you so, so much for coming on to my podcast to speak. You are amazing. Well, I enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. Well, that's all for today's episode of Miss Little Did She Know. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Dr. Tiersony Davis for joining me today for sharing her wisdom and insight on mistakes we make in our 20s and 30s. Join us again next episode when we talk about, let's say, you'll see me. 
Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. Plus, if you haven't already done so, stop by our website at www.misslittledishyoknow.com and check out our latest news. Bye!